Welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton, and along with me is Bethany. No, it's not. It's not Bethany. It's not. It's 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 Amanda Nadeau, which for this occasion is actually better because like you've been doing things. You did a thing. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, before we get into it, and I'll just I'll say this right away, and because actually it was brought to my attention by someone else. So a lot of the people, especially in the states, were not really familiar with you, and you really kind of snuck up on them. You were a bit of a surprise because. I think they knew you were like a Spartan racer, right? And you, you run a bit, but I don't think they knew that you were, you had strength to you, that you were, you know, you weren't just a, a wallflower. You were, <laughs> you had a little, <laughs> a little muscle behind you. So yeah. just quickly, we'll just go back real quick. I don't usually go too deep into this stuff, but what's your training like? What is you, what are you normally training like? Cause you, we are, we do know you as a Spartan racer, but you obviously you're cross training a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, it depends how far back you want to go. As of the last couple of years, my training has been um, a lot of rucking, essentially, because my training is just work. So like wildland firefighting, you carry heavy pack, you carry heavy objects. So <laughs> a lot of what I do is carrying things up a mountain with a heavy bag on my back. Um, and I just like strength training. I enjoy CrossFit style workouts. So I've always incorporated those into my training and I would say that I do more of that than running which is probably why I'm better at that stuff than running <laughs> running's overrated so that's, yeah I know it's too repetitive <laughs> yeah so it was actually a pretty perfect hybrid of everything that I like to do and that I'm pretty decent at so it was a, it was a good combination so are like the female firefighters just going to take over OCR is that now the plan it seems to be uh the trend for sure. <laughs> and I, I think it's because you guys like I, I don't know if you're like a firefighter around here, but you work probably work like seven, eight days a month, but for like 24 hour shifts, that kind of deal. Do you do that? Well, I actually do wildland firefighting. So we work the whole we work from about May to November and we just work all the time. There's no like two days on, two days off. You're kind of like 14 days on, a couple days off, and then you go back at it. So you, the endurance that you get from that is actually pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, that's that's going to be tough to work in with a schedule, a race schedule then, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be interesting because this is the first year I'm trying to do both. So we'll see how racing and firefighting actually go together. <laughs> so just to go away from where I was going to go, because, you know, where we started, so we have to go on a side topic. So you can go to Kelowna and both put out fires and race at the same time. Basically, yeah. I'll probably race in the morning and then put out a fire in the afternoon. <laughs> likely we'll be having them at the time, I assume. Uh, most likely, yes. <laughs> in what area do you usually work in? What area? I live in Penticton. Oh, God. I, even I don't know where that is. <laughs> so it's... I'm, in, I'm like Captain Canada, and I have no idea where that is. You think anyone in the state's going to know where that is? It's about an hour south of Kelowna. Oh, wow. That yeah. is a nice commute for that race for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's one of the only races I've ever had to not fly to. Okay, obviously we're going to talk Go Ruck eventually, but screw that for now. So, <laughs> Kelowna, you must be stoked for that. Like, are you actually going to get to race it? Yeah, I'm so excited for Kelowna. I've been hoping that they would have a race in the Okanagan forever, and now it's finally happening, and it's so close to my home turf, so I'm, I'm so excited. And everyone will finally get to visit the Okanagan. Most people don't even know where it is, but it's I think it's like the most beautiful place in the world, which is why I moved here. So I'm excited for everyone to see it. And the mountain, are you really familiar with it? What is it? Is uh, it's White White Mountain or 
It's called Big White, the ski resort in Kelowna. I've actually never been because it's about two hours from where I live. Okay. An hour outside of Kelowna. And there's just so much around where I live that I don't venture that far. But I'll probably try and check it out this summer before the race happens to get a head start on everyone. Yeah, you've (laughs) got to take the home field advantage for sure. Yeah. I'd be be like, you know, pitching a tent out there for a month and just (laughs) learn every bit of it going. Yeah. That's great because a lot of people have been asking about it and nobody, I, you're probably the, the foremost expert as much as you're going to be. Like, <laughs> what kind of elevation will be out there or like would the mountains sit at? Ooh, I don't actually know what the elevation of Big White is, but it's, it's nothing like Tahoe, but it's nothing to scoff at either. And it'll be a pretty serious mountain. Like it's going to be on the ski hill. It's probably going to be straight up based on what I've seen on the Spartan website. So there are mountain bike trails and lots of good trails, but whether or not they actually utilize those, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but it should be challenging. And it'll be really hot because it's the middle of August and that's the hottest time in the Okanagan. So it could be 40 degrees when we race. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not doing that. <laughs> You're not going to come out for it? You know, I, and I, we may end up out there, but honestly, I wouldn't be. That's that's not a race that would at all be conducive to my skill set. <laughs> so uh, I would be gladly cheering you and Bethany on and, and taking lots of pictures. Also, you can just sip some wine from the local vineyards. And, exactly, yeah. exactly. I do my best work when I'm drunk, so that's fantastic. It'll be, it'll be really good. <laughs> all right, so the whole point, you were down, and I'll ask you, how, first, how did you even get, because Go Ruck was an invite thing. How did you get invited to that? It was kind of a weird sequence of events. Ariel Fitzgerald sent me the link and she was like, hey, this looks like an awesome event for you. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that looks awesome, but I don't know how I'm going to get into it. And then they opened up an an invite to apply so you could send in a super short summary of some athletic accomplishments and your name, basically, and that was it. There was no essay or anything. It was just like, submit your name and we'll consider you. And then uh, Matt Davis actually contacted me and was like, hey, are you trying to get into this? Because I think it'd be really good. So I told him that I really wanted to do it. So I think he pulled some strings and he worked his magic. And he and Nicole were working together behind the scenes, I think, with Savage to get me in. And then uh, I got the invite. You see, you know, this is the part that that sucks. We don't like to give Matt credit for anything. I know. <laughs> it's just you can give you can give nicole the credit but nicole i think he may have he may have good, had a little bit to do good with job it. nicole way to go <laughs> yeah so you head down there just kind of walk us through like i mean you had no idea what to expect obviously they were very secretive about the events i mean little hints here and there maybe mm-hmm. start out like was it as you expected like first event 12 mile ruck we assume it's 12 miles mm-hmm is that kind of how you expected? What did you expect when you got down there? Yeah, I would say it was pretty much what I expected, honestly, because on the schedule, you could see that there was a big gap for an offsite event in the morning. Mm-hmm. And they had hinted that it was going to be by the GORAC headquarters at the beach. So it made sense that there was going to be some kind of rucking long distance event on the beach. And in the afternoon, we'll be back at the Jacksonville or at the, uh, the Sandlot Jack Stadium. So it was definitely pretty much what I expected, but I didn't know they were going to be so okay, show up at this time with unknown distance, and then they wouldn't even tell us the distance when we started, and we had to go without our watches, 
which was actually really cool because most people don't ever run without their watch. And uh, I, I really liked that part because then you were just totally focused on the event and how you felt and just all your internal metrics, which is how I normally race. Luckily, I never look at my watch when I race, so it was very similar. But I like how it kind of threw a bunch of other people off when they couldn't couldn't see what they were doing. <laughs> so when the gun goes, right, they, they say, off you go. You At that point, you still didn't know what distance it was going to be. Nope. Nope. They said, just keep going until someone tells you to stop. So they didn't even say that it was uh, out and back, even though it seemed kind of obvious because you had to end up back where your car was. So that was kind of nice because obviously the guys all took off sprinting with their 45-pound rucks on. And you knew that they would eventually be coming back towards us. So then you could kind of have an idea of where the turnaround was. And I had an idea that it would be 12 miles, half marathon. Um, so I kind of paced it for that. And then once you saw the guys coming back, then it was pretty clear that's what we were doing. But there was still a part of me when I was getting towards the finish. I was wondering if they were going to make us do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't know if I could do another half marathon right now. But luckily they didn't. And where were you sitting? Like, so you take off and like you say, you don't have your watch, but just say through the first quarter of the race, where, do, where were you sitting in the race? I was just behind the lead pack. So I kind of let the lead pack go out, do their thing, set the pace, push themselves. I didn't really want to get caught up in any kind of like surge. And I didn't want to get into any game like that. I'm more of a pacer. And because I knew it was out and back, I planned to accelerate on the second half. So I just kind of settled in on my pace in the first half. Um, I think I was sitting in sixth-ish, between sixth and eighth. There was kind of three of us that were a bit behind the lead pack and the lead pack was ahead of us. Um, and I felt really good on the way out. I was incessantly fueling. <laughs> I was like, okay, gotta get cows, gotta get electrolytes. Cause the sun was coming up, so it was getting hot and I knew it was gonna be a two day event and this half marathon could take you out really fast if you didn't see on top of that. So I was just like drinking and gelling and, and you don't know what, what the time is. So you're like, I think it's been 10 minutes. Maybe I'll take a drink. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome though. Just running down the beach and watching the sunrise. It was pretty cool. And they didn't tell you. So, I mean, do you know where you finished when you came back? Cause they were pretty, selective about the information they gave you guys at the end like I know you probably didn't you didn't have a watch so you don't really know your time do you did you know where you finished at the end of the at the end of the ruck yeah I finished second for the females in the ruck and I actually do my time yeah I, I knew how many girls were ahead of me <laughs> and they gave you a little piece of paper when you crossed um, and then I saw the I think the timekeeper's watch and it was about an hour 50 somewhere around there when I crossed the finish line that's that's not bad. Like that's, that's pretty good for most of us for a half marathon on the road with no ruck. Yeah. I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> so you went from there and then you guys had a pretty good break, right? And then you went back to Sandlot. Yeah. We had almost a six hour break. We had until 4 PM. And did you, did you think that the, the ruck would be a strong part for you? Like, was that one kind of a part you thought you'd do really well on, or was that a, a surprise that you played so well? I wasn't sure I wasn't sure what the other what the other athletes would do like how fast they'd be able to run with the ruck because typically in a purely running event I'm pretty decent but not the top finisher mm -hmm. but I actually felt very strong with the ruck on I didn't feel like it affected me too much like obviously you're kind of hunched over mm -hmm. and you're shuffling you're not really running but I think that caters well to me because I don't have 
the most efficient runner's strides. So running like that, I think, doesn't bother me as much as maybe others. Um, yeah. So you go back to Sandlot, and what was your next event? Uh, at the, we had, oh, we had the combine. So we had the the kettlebell, like the Sandman max distance throw with the kettlebell, where mm -hmm. you stand backwards and throw it as far as you can. That one, funny enough, I had actually practiced that one time before we went. My husband and I, we were just fooling around the gym. We were trying to do some strongman things, and we we're like, let's try a max med ball throw or whatever. And I was terrible at it. <laughs> So when I saw that event come up, I was like, oh, no, we should have practiced this more. <laughs> I like that one because it reminded me of like Highland Games. I love the Highland. I know. It was so cool. I just wish I had better technique. But you got one attempt to practice it. So you walk up, you throw the weight. You're like, ah, what am I doing? And then uh, you get two attempts in the actual thing. And it was over so fast. It's just like you throw, you throw, and then you're done. So, And you have no idea, or I have no idea how I did in that one because everyone was just going so fast. Apparently nobody has any idea how anybody did it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because they didn't tell us anything. No. And you couldn't really tell. Like, everyone was throwing in a similar range. So, I spoke yeah, with that one was okay. And she said she had one that a lot of people went ooh on. So she's pretty sure that was a good one. Yeah. She said it was like, <laughs> dependent on the ooh scale as to how well you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you had that. Yeah. And then you had the, the weighted pull-ups. And that was one I And then we had the pull-ups really yeah like i was all about that so how did that go for you that one was awesome i waited until i think i was the last group to go um so i could see how everyone else was doing and how many yeah how many reps they were getting and it was hard to count again because everyone was going so fast and there was so many people going on but i saw two girls who looked very strong corinna and someone else that i can't remember right now and it looked like they got at least 15 reps. And I think the one girl got over 20. So I, yeah, I kind of had that in my head when I jumped up um, and we had 10 pounds weight vest on. And I, I felt really good when I did them. Actually, I managed to get 18, which was, I was so stoked on. <laughs> my previous record with no weight was 16. So I was very pleased with that. And you could switch grips anytime you wanted. You just couldn't drop from the bar. Yeah, so I've never done that in a max pull-up attempt. It's usually just like you choose your grip and then you go. So that was pretty cool because you could switch to mixed grip and then you could do a couple and they switch back and then. And you could even do like a chin-up, right? You could go full chin-up. You could do, yeah. Any yeah. grip, you could do one arm if you really wanted to. <laughs> I would have smashed out like six of those just just for, you know, you know just yeah. to show off a bit. Yeah. What I noticed, the, the first thing, and I didn't get to see yours going on, but I did see Austin doing his. And Austin was like making camp on that bar. I know. He was just, like, shaking and hanging. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they were, like, he was with a group of four or whatever, and then the other three guys were gone. I thought they were going to send another three, and he'd still be up there <laughs> hanging around. Did you do, like, a similar strategy where you, like, put in a – because I saw other people didn't do it as much, but I did you do, like, a lot of dead hang and shake out and get ready? Uh, I didn't hang that long. I tried to switch really fast and then go right into it. Hmm. Austin's grip strength is just ridiculous. Like I remember we did the combine in Laughlin a couple of years ago and you had to hang on the pull-up bar. And I think every 10 seconds or 30 seconds, you did a shoulder tap and then you'd hang. And he just kept going and going and going. He hung for like eight minutes or something. It was absurd. I was like, what's, how? how do you even do that? 
Austin is just yeah, I don't have <laughs> yeah it was very impressive I don't have that kind of endurance though so I would just switch and then quickly try and get back into it because the longer you hang the less chance you have for me at least <laughs> yeah so coming away with with you said what was it 18 or 19 18 yeah 18 so that probably puts you pretty high on the board for that too right I think so I think I would have been top three for that one but again I don't know yeah I, I, <laughs> how do you feel about that actually because I mean I I Quite frankly, I, I don't like it. <laughs> Maybe that's just it would a, be it would be nice to know. As an observer, someone there. watching, I would love the details to to know. Yeah. I think there was rumor they might release it afterwards, but it would definitely be nice just to see how we compared and how we did in each event. I don't even know my score in some of the events, so it would be it would be nice to know. And just for like verification's sake, it's nice to know that they got it right because maybe they missed a score or something or yeah. just slipped up on something or maybe they swapped the numbers or yeah it's just nice to know that kind of stuff yeah and and, and that i think is a, definitely a flag i get their system you know military and all that stuff right like yeah but everybody makes mistakes and i i, I would have liked to have seen a little more transparency yeah. i guess is the best word for for that yeah but anyway you go from there and what's your next event after that and then the one mile time trial with a hundred pounds. That looked brutal. <laughs> it was pretty epic. So we had, for some reason, we switched out our ruck plates to a 20 pound instead of a 30 pound. Um, and then we had an 80 pound sandbag and the guys had the exact same weight, which was pretty interesting because there's some girls in our event who probably weighed about a hundred pounds. Yeah. And for them to be running around the track with that weight was so impressive. It was crazy. Um, and then we all ran at the same time, so it was just chaos. So the start of the girls on the bottom, basically, and the guys on the top, so 200 meters between us. And they caught us so fast. They probably <laughs> caught us in 400 meters. And I was like, how are you guys running with 100 pounds in your back? But they are much bigger than us. So, <laughs> yeah, that was wild. I saw I, uh, I saw Callie's finish on that, and that was a fairly epic. Did so well. It was a pretty epic finish and collapse. How, was, how did you... And maybe that might have been a mistake on her part, giving maybe a little too much there. How did you pay? Did you? How did you pace yourself for that? Did you figure I'm going to go all out because I need points, or I'm going to take it easy because I've been doing well, and I want to you know save myself? Yeah, I felt like I went strong and steady, but I perhaps could have pushed a little bit more. It's hard to pace something like that because, like, you know how hard to push for a one mile, but this was probably twice the duration the time duration as a typical one mile so I wasn't quite sure how to pace it so I think I went off a bit easy and the three I think Alyssa Callie and Chris all jumped out in front and I just kind of let them go but I maybe should have tried to stay with them and then just hang on as long as I could because when I saw how Callie looked at the finish I was like hmm I don't think I looked like that when I was done <laughs> maybe I should have gone a bit harder so yeah, that one was tricky to pace. I managed to bomb the final downhill as much of a downhill as there was. And I passed someone in the final, like, couple hundred meters, which was nice. So I think I could have gone a little bit harder. But, again, it's so hard to move with 100 pounds on your body. You're just, like, falling forward and trying not to let your legs collapse. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine, imagine trying to gauge how much kick you have and how much you don't have with that thing. It's a little yeah. bit. It's not like praying yeah. that a lot. Maybe we all should be, but. Maybe. Well, I mean, you know, I do it all the time, every day, time trial, one mile, but I use 200 pounds and it's, it's, it's really good. No. <laughs> yeah. 
what I'm curious to, and then the, the rest of the day too, there was the, what was the rest of the ones for the day? Cause there was some other, other, other events. Other that. that wasn't the last event of the day. Was there another one? No, there was two more that evening. So there was the Max Farmers carry with sandbags. That was awesome. That was cool. Yeah, that was good. That was a pretty classic strongman, but another one where you had no idea where you were relative to the field, because depending on how fast you moved, you could have been a few laps ahead of someone, but then they kept going after you put your sandbags down, but they were behind you. And then no one knows how they did in that. <laughs> yeah, that one was good though. That was pretty, yeah, that, that it was what it was. It was nothing amazing, but it was a, it was a good test for sure. And then the final workout was the sandbag overhead hold. Um, with 60 pounds, which is actually a lot of weight to hold overhead. And they gave us probably 20 seconds to prepare for the workout. So we brought our sandbag over and they're like, okay, we're going to say 10 seconds. You have 10 seconds to get it up. And then you have to have it up and you can't readjust. You can't put it down or anything. If it touches your head, if it drops below your head, you're out. So for some reason, I decided to do a different strategy than everyone else. But I didn't know I was doing a different strategy until we started the workout. <laughs> So I planned to bring the sandbag up and then readjust my hands underneath as if you were holding a plate overhead. So you have your hands flat underneath. So I did that. And then my hands started to slide to the outside of the sandbag. Oh, oh I'm getting a grocery. Delivery. That's okay. One second. I will be right back. No problem. So, okay. Yeah. The sandbag. Yeah. Overhead. Yes. Sandbag hold. Um, where was it? Okay, so we were holding overhead. Oh, yeah, my hands were slipping around. And uh, I saw that everyone else had their hands in the handles. Yeah. So the, it was basically just resting on their wrists. It was almost touching everyone's head. It, was, it looked much different than when I was doing it. Mine was so <laughs> high up. Yeah. <laughs> so we started going, and I was like, I might be the first person to put the sandbag down. This is not going well. <laughs> so I was panicking. But I was like, okay, can I, like, readjust and maybe, like, pop it back up and I was like, I can't. If I pop it back up, it's going to come down. So I basically went until someone else put their sandbag down. And then I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like, this is <laughs> not good. So I was one of the first people out on that workout. Yeah, that was not good. It was a bummer because it didn't represent my strength in that position. It was just poor positioning. And I spoke to Robert Killian after, and he said he did a similar thing. And he was the first one out on that workout. And that really shook up the standings, I think, because he was doing quite well before that. And that really bumped it down. I think there's one of those moments where you where you're in the middle of something and you're looking around. And you're like, I'm either a genius or a moron. Yeah. And I'm about to find out what one I am. Yeah. Pretty much, it was it was quite apparent very soon. So that was the last one for the day, and and I understand that you guys actually got to sleep in a bit the next morning, but it was going to go into a complete gear change of event. And you're all of a sudden into savage stuff. Now, obviously, you're you're an obstacle racer, right? You, you're you're familiar with this, but I don't think you've done many savages. Am I right? No, I've never done savage. They're all on the East Coast, so I never make it out to them. Yeah. So, how were you feeling going into that? I was, yeah, I was feeling good going into the obstacle course. I did a couple of the obstacles on Friday just to get a feel for the more difficult ones, um, and unfortunately, ripped my hand open. I, I don't want to be insulting. You're you're an obstacle course but I don't usually think of you as like an obstacle specialist. Mm -hmm. I think of you more as a, as a, as a... I don't get the chance to showcase my obstacle ability very much, I don't think. 
Well, it's because you're doing Spartan races and, you know, they don't have real obstacles. <laughs> they have different, they have different obstacles. <laughs> so you went into it. How did, how did it go? And you said you practiced and, and you tore your hand? Yeah, on the first, on uh, Friday. I did, what, I think I did maybe one run through of the course. Super slow, super chill, wore gloves because I was like, I don't want to rip. And then there was some special obstacle off to the side that had a lachet on it. Yeah. So obviously... I'm going to go try the fun lache obstacle and uh, yeah, hand just stuck <laughs> to rip as soon as I let go and whoops, luckily it's only one side. So yeah, I mean, it didn't really affect anything. It was just kind of annoying that my hand ripped. And I, but, I uh, so many people with the same hand rip deals, I bet. And that kind of heat on metal bars, yeah, it's just going to melt all our calluses right off. Oh yeah. Yeah. And everybody ripped, I'm pretty sure on sunday because i was just sitting in the shade next to where the med tent was and everyone would finish their run go to the med tent finish the run go to the med tent and they're just like walking around with their bloody palms and everyone had tape all over their hands so at least we were all in the same boat <laughs> you said you wore gloves did you wear the wrong gloves what did you try the lache without the gloves i did the lache with the gloves yeah but i think that made it worse because then the gloves stuck to my hand and then it like pulled down i don't know it probably would have ripped either way so as, as a glove aficionado i'm gonna say you wore the wrong gloves that's it maybe <laughs> yeah but yeah so the obstacle course i was excited for it definitely especially coming in as an obstacle course person i wanted to be able to represent the ocr community and show what we're able to do um and i i do think i'm quite Compton on the obstacles, but I don't get to showcase it much. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't really done any in the last few years, so I was pretty excited to get back on some hard obstacles and, and yeah, see what I could do. Um, but when they announced the format for the obstacle course, it wasn't really in favor of obstacle course racers necessarily. It was in favor of people who can move really quickly through the course without necessarily doing the obstacles. So that was a bit of a bummer to have a one minute time penalty, an option for the obstacles, um, because some of the obstacles took 30 seconds to do your first try. And if you took two attempts, there was absolutely no advantage, especially if you wanted to rest 10, 15, 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of disappointing. Obviously, you couldn't let it bother you in the moment, but it's definitely something that I think that they could change in the future to make it an actual showcase of the obstacles. Um, and you could even tell your judge before the event started, okay, I'm gonna skip this obstacle and this obstacle. You didn't even have to attempt it, didn't have to touch it. You could literally run through onto the next obstacle. So, yeah. See, I'm with you, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a bummer. And I was talking to someone and they were like, you couldn't just take your ruck off in the middle of the ruck half marathon. So how could you skip an obstacle? And Touche. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I when I heard that rule about the one minute penalty, and I started thinking about the rig itself, just just that one obstacle, and and I'm like, like getting yeah. some people are a minute and a half to get through it, you know, yeah. to complete it successfully. There needed to be something more than that. Even things like the wheel world, wheel world, you know, that might be 30, 40 seconds, like a one minute penalty, meaning you can just run by. Was yeah. and then the amount that it taxes your grip is so different if you attempt it, don't attempt it, do it two times. Yeah, it makes it a very different event, and that's what I was so excited about for Savage because Savage is an obstacle mandatory event. So I was like, sick, that totally is a benefit to OCR racers and people who are strong. So, 
yeah, that was kind of a bummer, but uh, can't do anything how, about it. How would you have set it up? Oh, obstacle completion. Full, full MOC, full mandatory? Yeah, if you can't complete it, then you get zero, basically, in the event. Far, far as you got, as fast as you got there. Yeah. See, I love that. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not all this fucking around. That just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I uh, I made everything clean except for the, whatever the multi-rig was called. I don't know what the actual name of it was. Savage rig. Um, <clears throat> I just, oh, savage rig. Okay. That makes it easy. <laughs> yeah. I just had no momentum when I went into it and I couldn't reach the little cheese board. So then I dropped and I was like, well, obviously I want to try it again because I know I can do it. And I made it on Friday. But I would have had to rest probably 30 seconds. And the girl who was in the same, like, heat as me, but in the wave, in the lane over, she just ran right by me while I was on the obstacle. So I was like, obviously, there's no reason to do it again because I'm already behind. So that was a bummer. So but it was a fun course. It was, but it definitely yeah. showed that, like, and I, and I saw Katie Knight do a tap and go on, on I believe, on the rig it was, too. And it's obviously that rule really played into the standings for that, like, Yes, because there were some people who definitely could not have completed it that were at the top. Yeah, and, and I heard, I think, something along the lines of only four women completed everything. Does that sound about right? I would believe it, yeah. Because there was no, there was very little reason to attempt it unless you were sure you could do it quickly. Like Chris, yeah, he blew by me on the O course. I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> holy, she was moving. And she made all the obstacles, so that was awesome. Yeah, she's quick. <laughs> she's, yeah, yeah, she's good. She seems to be legit at everything. It's kind of annoying, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> so you get through the obstacle course. Do you, do you any any clue how you finished? No, no idea. This one was probably the this one and the uh, sandbag throw. These were the ones where you had absolutely no idea because everyone was running at different times, and then people were getting passed, and you didn't know how many penalties people took. So. No idea. I don't even know what my time was, so I have no idea. That kind of sucks too, because this was the last one before the final eight, right? Before you got cut down. So you didn't really know how how well you had to do going in, or no idea. And we went first, so we had to wait for all the females to go and then all the males. So we're just sitting there, like I don't know if I'm in, if I'm out. What do I do? And you're just sitting there, just like twiddling your thumbs, waiting to hear the results. I've never done one of these multi, uh, and it's kind of exciting. I've never done one of these multi-event things. One of the things that always m- would scare me or that scares me about the concept is warming up and staying ready and doing the proper timing. Like it's, it, it's one thing to do it for like, I, I say a ninja comp where you're going to go once, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. But when you're going to go multiple times and warming up different things for events, you're not completely prepared for. How do you do that? I would say there was no warming up during this entire weekend you basically got your event you had maybe five minutes to prepare and then you started so yeah there was no warming up for this anything wow i would have broke (laughs) yeah yeah so So, that made it difficult for sure even just like fueling properly going to the bathroom like basically you finish an event you go because you don't know when they're going to call you and you don't know how much time you'll have and yeah it was you're kind of always it might have been an advantage to go in early on the course because you knew you had a bit of time yeah a little bit 
Yeah, but then you're just kind of sitting there waiting. You're like, what should I be doing? Do I have until 12? Do I have until 10? I don't know. So you're basically just like eating, drinking all the time, trying to be ready to go. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting feeling. <laughs> so they announced the final eight. Were you were you surprised or did you have a good idea? I, I was pretty confident I would be in the top eight. But because I had no idea how I did in the O course, I didn't know if maybe some people had just shot up to the top and surprised everybody. So I didn't know for sure, obviously, because you can, you couldn't know, but I was confident that I would make it. Um, and it was pretty interesting how almost all the obstacle course racers made it into the top eight. That's pretty cool. You know, it's funny because I think going into this, I think Go Ruck had it in mind that their the Go Ruck athletes would do really well. Yeah, <laughs> I think they really underestimated just how much endurance the OCR people would have carrying things, yeah. with actual strength stuff. I think they, they, and we, I mean, I know that they were told this before, like, you're, you're going to be surprised. You're going to, you know, this isn't going to be a thing where you're going, you know, you're going to put a, a 30 pound pack on these people's back and they're just going to crumble. They're, they're not. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the real deal. They're legit. They're going to, they're going to roll with it, but anyway, lesson yeah. learned, right? And two, the OCR athletes that were there are obviously strong OCR athletes and they're, they're prepared to wreck. I mean, not everyone could handle being thrown into that, but certainly the ones that were there, they were ready for it. There's a reason they were there. Yeah. So yeah. You, you go to bed, you're off to the, the next eight in the morning, right? You're ready mm -hmm. to go. What events did we have to go through in that? After the O course, uh, we had, oh, so we had the elimination workout. So. Once the top eight was announced, it was immediately whittled down to top four, mm -hmm. which was kind of a bummer because it was like a pretty big thing to make it to top eight and you were in the top group and whatnot. And then to just be immediately knocked out, I think would have been really hard. Yeah. But uh, the next workout was awesome. It was my favorite workout because it was so intense. I don't think I've ever done a workout that was that intense with just like so much riding on it because this was a do or die event and you work so hard up to this moment you don't want to let this one workout just basically make the rest of your weekend meaningless so it was pretty wild and it was 1v1 so it's just you and the other person and everybody's watching <laughs> so it was um monkey bars or i think they call it sawtooth or saber tooth sawtooth into the cargo net a-frame with the oh and then into the low crawl with your rucksack which was very low I tried to roll under it and I got stuck like my shoulders got stuck underneath yeah I saw Matt so definitely had to, I didn't think he was gonna make it yeah I'm surprised the guys because they have pretty decent sized chests yeah. like I'm surprised they could all make it under <laughs> yeah and then you dragged your ruck and then you had to shuttle the 40, 60, 80, and 120 pound sandbags. And again, you had no time to warm up, no time to prepare. Mm -hmm. I guess you could have tried to pick up a 120 pound sandbag just over on the side, but there wasn't really much time to practice with it or anything. And then you also had to go over the little low wall yeah. on your way back from the shuttle runs. So it was a very short event and I got to see two heats go before me. So I could see how they managed the 120 pound sandbag. And it basically looked heavy whenever anyone picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I figured it was going to be awkward no matter what happened. So 
I knew I just had to go fast. So the monkey bars, I mean, you just try and go fast with the monkey bars. And then the cargo net, I actually gapped her, I think, because I flipped down the cargo net and she was a bit more hesitant on that because she hasn't done it as much. And who were you? And then uh, I was going against Natty. Okay. I don't know what her last name is. My first name is Maddie. Uh, and I knew she was a stronger athlete. She was a CrossFit athlete. So I knew I needed to gap her before the sandbags. So I just went under the low crawl as fast as I could, just dragging my ruck behind me through my ruck arm. And then I picked up the 40 and it actually felt light. So I tried to hustle with the 40. Yeah. And then I got to the wall and was like, I've never flipped over a wall with a ruck on. Is this going to like throw me off the other side? So it actually wasn't bad, but it was just a little thing in the middle to kind of make you stop and think. Um, and then the 60 felt fine. The 80 started to get heavy. Um, and I, I couldn't really tell where Maddie was, but I could tell by the crowd that she was gaining on me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear them all screaming her name. So I was like, oh, I got to go. And then we got to the 120 pretty close to each other. So my thought going into the 120 was try and kneel down, get it up on my shoulder, and then stand up. And I tried that for about a second, and I was like, I'm not even going to mess with this. And I just bear hugged it and picked it up and started going. <laughs> and I could hear the announcer was saying things, and I could hear that she was struggling to get it up. So I could tell that she still didn't have it up. So I was just waddling as fast as I could with this 120 pounds. <laughs> nice. And then I could hear I could hear the crowd yelling because now that she was moving. So then I was after I passed the wall, I was like, okay, I gotta go. So I was just like waddling as fast as I could and <laughs> yeah that was that was a pretty awesome finish and I was pretty exhausted after that one that was a good full out effort for sure and at least at that yeah. one you knew at that point okay I'm or yeah. have they told you beforehand that you'd be eliminated after this we knew that was an elimination round okay. so then you knew you were on you had a, a bit of a, a a bit of a relief moment at least yeah yeah top four was definitely I mean top eight no, my goal going in was to do all the workouts. So whoever ended up doing all the workouts, that was my goal. And it ended up being top four. So once I got into top four, I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. This is where I wanted to be. So then going to the next one, did you think you were going into the last workout? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so the last, the second last workout, that was the rope climb, the drag, the burpee throw back to the rope climb. So when I finished that workout, I thought I was done because mm -hmm. I lost that workout so I was like okay I'm just gonna put my feet up chillax I'm gonna stop eating I'm gonna stop drinking <laughs> <laughs> and then uh everybody else finished and they're like okay final four come back to the stage I'm like what <laughs> I'm not ready to go anywhere I might like pass out I might throw up I don't think I can work out again I was so done after that workout so yeah it was safe to say I thought that was the last workout <laughs> <laughs> who were you up against on that one that was you and katie was it katie and i were on that one yeah that one ended up being really close too so we started out on the rope climbs and somehow i got behind on basically the first rope climb even though i think i'm pretty good at rock rope climbs so we came down and the boys and katie had both left and i was there behind i'm like okay i better get going so i picked up the jerry can drag drag the thing down the field and then i got to the 60 pound burpee over the head things and they were so hard 
I like that. That looked cool. I like that exercise. My gosh, it felt terrible. I was like, I feel so uncoordinated, so weak. What is going on? (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty wild. So clearly need to do more of those. Yeah, the first one, I like clean and jerked it. I was like, oh, that feels fine. And then the judge, he was like, you don't have to clean it. Just throw it over your head. So then I tried doing that and it was way harder, but it may have been faster. I don't know. But it was... I was in my own little pain cave there. I didn't know where anyone else was. I could only tell by the announcer yeah. when he was like, okay, Katie's on back on the drag. And I had five reps or something. I was like, holy moly, I don't think I can catch her here. But I almost did because I got back to the rope climb. She had already done a full rope climb. So I jumped up, did a climb, went down. And then when I jumped back up for my second one, she was still on the rope. Obviously, she was struggling because she had been up there the whole time that I'd been up, down, and then started again. So I was like, oh, my God, this is my chance. Like, I got to go. So I tried to do that rope climb as fast as I could. And in the video, she tapped it when I had one pull left. So it was so close. It was crazy. Yeah. That was a a cool finish, though. It was a bummer, obviously, that I lost that workout. But it was pretty cool to see how the race really isn't over until it's over. And you got to go until the very last minute very last second especially when it's not the end of the race yes (laughs) so you get told you go over and they announce to you what the last event is that you didn't know (laughs) was going to be an event at all um thoughts when they told you it was going to be grappling uh surprise at first because i saw them wheeling over echo bikes and stretchers so I thought we were going to be doing a echo bike stretcher workout. <laughs> yeah. And then they said grappling. And I was like, oh, this is like Spartan Games. <laughs> that was basically my first thought. <laughs> any any experience um, No, no, no grappling experience. No. I think in elementary school, we maybe did wrestling like one day. <laughs> Not the same. Um, I mean, I was excited. I was excited for wrestling because it meant I didn't have to do another workout because I could not have done another workout. Um, But I was so tired and so out of it by the time that we actually got to the wrestling. And then it was, it was just so chaotic. So they came over, they're like, okay, you're grappling or wrestling or whatever they called it. And then they had two guys who were wrestlers or some kind of wrestling background. And they showed us a bunch of submissions like right there before we started the event. And you're trying to absorb all this information. You're like, okay, okay, I want to remember these submissions. And then they told us how the how the scoring worked. And if you push someone out, the match was over. And if they tapped out, then that match was over. But you didn't get points for anything. So you didn't get points for like touching the ground. You didn't get points for a hold. You didn't get points for anything like that. So it was a very sudden death wrestling system which is kind of different um and then the rules kind of seemed to change throughout <laughs> um and we were supposed to have five rounds and then we ended up only having three which i didn't know until we were done three rounds and they're like yeah it's only three rounds oh okay <laughs> uh yeah but there was just so much coming at us all at once and i'm like okay boys are going first nope girls are going first <laughs> yeah it was just constant um change yeah so then we went on the mat i mean it was exciting because everyone was circled around and it was just the two of us going so it was really cool 
And like, I'm not afraid of physical contact. It doesn't bother me or scare me or anything. So I was like, okay, this is pretty legit. This is pretty cool. But you're just like thinking so many things, or at least I was when we started the match, because I was trying to remember <laughs> all the things that they had just taught us about one minute before about submissions. Um, so then I was kind of like, okay, um, I don't really know what I'm doing. Maybe just stay low. And then I think the first one was the best because I didn't really make any moves. I just let her make the first move and then I just pushed her out. And then the following rounds, I was trying to do too much. So I was trying to get her into the positions that I had seen. And then I would get partway into a position and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do next. <laughs> and then we would just kind of stumble around the mat. So yeah, it went okay. I definitely know I could wrestle better. And I don't think it was the best showcase of my abilities. But again, it's not like any of us were prepared or had any chance to practice. So it was okay. It felt like we were kind of just pushing each other around and not really wrestling. So, so like I've already gone on record on Matt's podcast about how I feel about this as an event. Did you think it was appropriate? And, you know, did you think it was a fair thing or appropriate or, you know, how do you feel about grappling being included in, in a, in a, a full event like this? In this specific event, it was certainly dramatic and it was good for the fans, but for a final event in the Go Rock Savage Race games, I don't know if it was particularly relevant. Because, I mean, who could have known to prepare for wrestling? Maybe if you thought about military backgrounds, and there's often wrestling events. But from a, a fitness competition standpoint, it was pretty tough. Especially because the one contender had, I think she said, 14 years of some type of wrestling experience. Or nine years. Or some a significant amount of wrestling experience. Whereas the other component or opponent had zero experience. And I think that would have been really hard for her because she could have done everything she could have to prepare for this event and all the rucking, obstacle course, rogue, all the strength training, endurance, blah, blah, blah. But then you get thrown to this event. So, so it, de it depends what they're going for in this event. And then if you compare it to something like CrossFit where it's the unknown and the unknowable, then it would be exactly what you'd expect <laughs> where they just throw something in that no one's prepared for. But then again, to have it as the final event where you only have one shot, it's you versus her, this is the win, and it doesn't take into account anything else that you've done all weekend, that's kind of tricky because it disregards how well you did in everything else. It's just this one event, and you, if you happen to not be a wrestler or maybe you're not an aggressive person or – yeah, it's tricky. It's, it's definitely good for the fans, but I, I think it could be hard – to make that the one determining factor of the winner for this competition. So I'm on record as saying I thought it was stupid. Um, no, I do because, and I mean, I, I'll go through it quickly. I won't go as, into as much detail as I did before, but you guys signed up for a race in an obstacle course. Yeah. You don't have grappling experience. Yeah. That's dangerous. Like That's one thing I thought. Yeah, when I saw the men wrestling, I thought it looked dangerous because especially for men, you're not going to tap out most likely until you think you're going to die or like maybe break a body part, but even then you might not tap out. So that's, yeah. And, and that right there is, and that's part of, part of getting the experience. Like I taught, I've taught judo for years and part of it is knowing when to tap out. Yeah. 
And as, as an inexperienced person, you don't, you don't know that. You don't know my ankle's about to break. My arm's about to get pulled out of a shoulder socket. You know, you don't know how yeah. much danger you're in at, at times. Yeah. But I, I, I put it up to this, like, and I said, teaching a long time. When I had a new person come into class, no matter how athletic, how tough, how great, I do not put them in a competition where an all-out competition against an, another grappler their first day. Like mm -hmm. that would be irresponsible and yeah. stupid and dangerous. And that's yeah. essentially what they did. But not only did they do that, they put completely inexperienced people against experienced people and said, yeah. winner gets money. Yeah. That's, it's, it's just, it's very, very dangerous. And I, I, like I said, I think it was a huge mistake on their part and they were so lucky nobody got really hurt. And just, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty surprised. <laughs> yeah. I just watching, like I was watching it the whole time, just like almost like watching a horror movie, just like, Oh my God, this is bad. It's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. And I, it was interesting too, how the final two people that one both had significant wrestling experience. Well, yeah. And you could tell, right. You could see, but at yeah. the same time, like, I don't know. The wrestling experience is also different from submission experience. Right. Right. Whereas wrestling, right. You, it's very, they're there. They cross over. There's a lot of very similar things, but there's no submissions in, in mat wrestling. There's no finishing right. people off. There's pins. Yeah. There's pins. Yeah. And there's in judo, BJJ, uh, Sambo, all of those things, there's submissions, MMA. If you don't know how to do those properly, yeah. you actually put people in very much danger of well of permanent injury. Mm. That that that's what's scary. I just I thought it was irresponsible. And I understand they had some MMA people on site, and I thought I can't believe they bought into this as a as a as a good idea or as acceptable. <laughs> we spend we spend months teaching people how to fall down. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. And you guys, and like I said, you guys did not go into this. And that's why I felt bad for you all. Because you all went into it for a race, for a ruck, for an OCR, yeah. for workouts. Yeah. To come into this was, uh, I think, a very poor way. Especially, like you say, one-on-one -on -one to decide at the end. It's, yeah. Uh, I was very upset about it. But but you still did well and you came away unhurt. <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> I feel like if it was a wrestling match for duration i would do well because i bounce back very well <laughs> so fourth overall right that's where you ended up yeah. how when you went down there did you have any inclination of finishing that well yep yeah when i went down i mean my plan was to win see i love that too many people would just say no i just was happy to take part <laughs> <laughs> i don't really compete like that no love it. that's perfect <laughs> I'm not here for a participant ribbon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go that far for that kind of event. And I know that's my kind of event. It suits me. So yeah, I was there to compete. So future plans. I mean, this would more, you know, is a really honestly, despite the obstacle course portion is a lot more towards the hybrid racing area with the high rocks and deca fit. Are you planning to jump more into that? Like what's your, which, which path is your future going down here? I mean, for this year, I've committed to the Spartan North American series. Um, a lot of it just depends on travel, difficulty of getting to races, the reward, the prize purse for some of those other races is 
so small that it's hard to justify. So I'm not sure, but I could see myself making GoRec games the priority in the future because that's a big, that's a big prize money. <laughs> and I'll probably I'll learn how to wrestle just in case it comes up again. I might Maybe have I'll to get some teach, tips from I might you. have to start teaching some classes. Go OCR wrestling classes. <laughs> yeah. how, to how to survive from GoRec games. Exactly. So you say uh, Spartan, the, the series is, is you're committed. So what's your next race for Spartan? And then were you at um, slow? You did, I didn't, did you do slow? Yep, I did. I got 10th. I snuck in there. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. All right. So what's the next one for you? Then? Are you going down? Big Bear will be next in a couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that my hips have recovered by then because they are very fatigued right now. Good. And you, I assume you attend then to come out to blue. Yeah, that I think, and actually, before I get to that, I want to ask you one more thing about GORUCK and, and, and stuff like that. What other Canadian women that we haven't seen go down there? And by the way, I was super excited to see you in Austin down there. I was really glad that we had some representation. Yeah. Um, and then you both made it to the final eight. So that's great. And I'm, I, well, that honestly, I was not surprised, but, you know, um, what other women, say from OCR, or just in general, that the Canadian women do you think could really do well at these things? Um, I'm sure Emma Cook-Clark would do well, just knowing her background is firefighting as well. I think that would transfer well. Mm. I don't think I could see Emma wrestling, though. I mean, could you see a lot of those girls wrestling? Well, she's too nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think if push come to shove, she could wrestle. Oh, I'm sure she could. I, I, I view her very similar to Lauren Weeks in that way. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't want to do this. I just like everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think she would do well. Um, I mean, if people had enough time to train, I think most OCR athletes could do well. They would just have to get used to carrying a rock and carrying some weight. But realistically, everyone's got the endurance. Everyone's got the strength. They just have to get used to it so i think anyone could go down and do well from the ocr scene all right so you're in spartan this year you're coming out to blue yep um is it anything like i i personally believe blue is going to be a massive massive event like probably the biggest one we've had in, in canada next maybe since back to ocrwc when it was at blue that mountain there mm -hmm. How high, like how intense do you think the competition is going to be there? I mean, it's the final national series race. So if the series is close, it's going to be it's going to be a good race. And I think everyone will come out. You know, what's cool is that this might be the first year that we have two major Canadian races that the Americans are going to come to. That's awesome. A West Coast and East Coast race. I think that'll be so cool. It'll really up the level of competition. It'll, it'll, uh show everybody how good the Canadians really are. <laughs> I, I think so too. And, and I can't, I can't wait to see everybody on that course. Cause that course was pretty brutal last year. Yeah. From what I heard from last year, it was the hardest course of the year. Well, and it was so much up and down and gain. Like there was a lot of gain on that course and it was, it was, yeah. good. but it, this year I think will be even, even better. Cause I think they're going to make more use of mountain bike trails and things like that. So I think you'll be nice. less, straight up and down ski hills and more getting through some of the woods which will be very interesting interesting so <laughs> that'll be good i forgot to do something in the beginning which i always forget to do and that is that we are sponsored by duonamic and oh yeah duonamic is going to send you 
as a thank you for being a guest. Going to send you, uh, I think you, do you already have one? I think. Have I seen one? I do no? not. Okay, I thought you did. So they're going to send you one of their door frame systems, which judging by your house right now, you have some new doors coming up. So, you know, that'll be perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I currently have no doors, so that'll be perfect. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It looks like the roof's going good, though. It looks great. (laughs) This is the only thing that came with the house. Oh, it looks nice. Yeah. Something's going to come with it. You know, at least it's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you very much, Amanda. Really appreciate you uh, coming on and talking. Mm-hmm. And we're so proud of you down there, and we were cheering for you guys the whole way. It was great to see you in the you. final four, even though wrestling is stupid <laughs> and shouldn't be involved. But <laughs> awesome! Thank you so much. Thank Amanda. you for thank you for cheering and following along, and appreciate your support. <laughs>